how hard did you push it till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. Happening, municipals. This is Big C and Ashton. We have a very special guest this week. We have Matt Cardis, also known as Golf in Your State. You can find him on all social media platforms. If you don't know anything about Golf in Your State, he is a golf travel vlog specialist in all aspects. He has done some great, great things with his golf wall project. He's done some great things with his new project he's doing called the Detour. It, he basically goes around across the country, has done special things with the USGA, basically promoting the game that we all love. So please tune in. It is going to be an exciting episode to listen to. We are very stoked for this episode. Yeah, this Thanks, was a special guys. one because I mean, like, I think the big thing for us is <clears throat> we'll have loved having on our buddies, have loved having on my dad. Uh, but very honestly, I think that this is the first one we've ever had where, you know, like Matt has some real notoriety. Uh, like he knows connected to a lot of the golf courses that we both play, like Sweden's Cove, uh, and ones that we want to play as well. So I think that Matt is a really unique perspective. Um, you know, we talked to him a lot about public golf, uh, but I think the other thing that we're finding more and more is a theme, and this is certainly with public golf, right, is the inclusivity piece. So really understanding like what inclusivity means to him, understanding like how he became, like how he really got into golf. Uh, and interesting too, finding some commonalities, which sure, public golf, but the thing that stuck out to me, well, you'll hear it on the podcast, is hearing how both me and Chris and Matt all kind of had a stint where we didn't play golf and how now three of us, you know, for all three of us are so a, a central figure in our life is golf. So we certainly hope y'all enjoy. And uh, yeah, here we go. What's happening, Matt? Yo. Hey, Matt. Nice to meet oh, you. There we go. Matt, this is Ashton. Oh, we're already recording. I'm late. No, oh, you're all good. Sorry. Right, yeah. So Ashton, that's the, that's the van. Yeah. You weren't, you unfortunately weren't available to come out to Brentwood when, when I met, met up with him. Yeah, welcome to my home. <laughs> Matt, let me sign the uh, family panel, which was pretty sick. Yeah, you want to see it? Should I put yeah. it on since we're mobile? Oh, ow. Where are you staying right now? We're at my buddy's house in LA. Yeah, there we are. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Yeah. It's also so great because it's it's like when it's like when somebody meets like I imagine like a little girl meets like Taylor Swift. I was getting these like all caps texts and big Chris. It's like I just signed the van right by the front door. You're not here, and I'm like, bro, come on, man. Like, just <laughs> rubbing it in his face promo. the whole time. Yeah, it's so funny when my mom my mom was the first person to sign that panel, and she's like, Matt, you better not let anyone else sign it. <laughs> and like my original plan was just that, you know, it's it's mom and dad's panel. Nobody's gonna sign it. And I was hanging out with Rondell Barrio, my coach, and I just handed him the pen and didn't even look at where he signed right under mom. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, all right. Now I got to explain this to my mother. And it was funny because I went back again and I had I didn't say anything to Ron. I was just like, whatever, it's cool. And so I went back again and he signed it again in Sharpie. RB, RDB twice is what he wrote. <laughs> it's so good. It was, yeah. That's why I didn't feel so bad. I wasn't I wasn't the first one to, to ruin the family panel. No. At this point, you know, every inch of this thing's gonna get covered. So Yeah. So how many are on there right now? Um I added it up that day at golf ball and I think it was six hundred and something. That's yeah. Crazy. It's a lot. That's crazy. Dude, you should see the panel with all the skaters on it. Yeah, six. That that was one of the coolest things. Like P rods on there, like so one. Oh damn. Um yeah, there's uh it's it's cool for me. You know, when I look at the van and see the signatures, it takes me right back to that moment. Like yeah. I remember almost all of them. It's harder for the ones that like really signed it that you can't read their name. But, you know, most of them I can look at and be like, that was signed, like, around that time at that place. This is what we did that day. You know, there's, there's, 
experience is tied to all of it right and so for me like immediate flashback to what i got to experience with that person wherever it may have been and yeah it's pretty cool i mean that's kind of the meaning why we do the podcast and kind of how me and ashton met like our story really is you know, I, during COVID, we were we were all kind of, you know, just stir crazy at home. And I posted in a group chat that 40 of us in the Bay Area were in that we all like posted tea times to play with each other. It's like, hey, I want to take a Southern California golf trip. Is anybody down? Yeah. And Ashton and two, two other of our buddies, like I actually haven't met all three of them at that point. Like I've never even seen them in person. And they're all like down. And they just all Venmoed me a shit ton of money. Like I rented a van, picked them all up in the city, and we just went on a four-day golf trip, seven seven rounds, four days. Yeah, you're invested once you hand over that money, right? Oh shit! <laughs> like, this is happening. I don't know what this kid's about to flam, but I'm in. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And they just put total faith in a stranger to book this epic trip. And we did like Sandpiper and Monarch Dunes and Cypress Ridge and. Some really crazy good tracks. For us, it's it's all about public golf. So we're just, that's what we're heavily invested in. We want to support, you know, me as a high school, you know, high school coach and just growing up on a local muni in the Bay Area. You know, I played a nine-hole course called Prune Ridge every fucking day after school for my entire, you know, from nine until I graduated high school. So you know, it's our biggest thing is we just love to support local tracks and, you know, the whole public scene all together. Um, there's got to be a track that you fell in love with the game of golf on. What was, what do you think that track was? My, my, my love with golf has, has went through peaks and valleys throughout my life, right? Like, you know, I grew up playing as a kid in Long Island with my father and, you know, as I, I grew, like, in my high teen years, I didn't want anything to do with it. You know, that could be kind of an interesting story for you, right? Like, you know, I really fell out of love with golf because my father was a member of a prestigious club. He had to wear a suit and tie to go there. It just wasn't my style when I was a teenager, and I hated it. Like, I hated the whole experience that I had to get dressed up to go somewhere, right? And, you know, in hindsight for me now, it's like, man, what a prick I was. Like, I had the opportunity to to play this fabulous place all the time and i never wanted to take advantage of it when i actually had the opportunity now i'm fortunate i get to go play with my father and what my father's friends and whatnot so when, when you know i'm back here in la but um you know it's it was really like you know in my mid-20s early 30s is when i started when i was living in utah and jackson hole i started playing a lot of public tracks there and like that's really what kind of got me going was you know the, the ability to to play all these unique mountain courses and you know that's really where i kind of saw the connection between you know my love of nature and and uh, and the nature on a golf course right see tons of wildlife and you know there was just so many things i loved about it so kind of like in that point in my life i was playing a lot of public golf and then again i start i joined my 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 first club right so here i am a member at a golf club in jackson hole and that's like i i got full-on addiction there right but that's ultimately you know being a member at that club for a short period of time led me to you know what i do today um it's really where i got the golf bug and you know now in my travels you know they're very different experiences public versus private right like everybody knows that and you know i've found that you know with my lifestyle and you know i'm connecting with you know the everyday golfer everywhere that i go that's that's the ultimate goal you know document the modern day culture of golf in america and you know i'm finding that more and more people especially the younger demographic is playing public golf 100%. You know, I I think when, you know, people talk about the game of golf struggling, a lot of times they're talking about that private sector. And the reason for that in my belief and my understanding from what I've learned in my travels in the past four years is that younger people would much rather spend, take that $40,000 that you're going to spend on your annual membership to a golf club and they would much rather have 
four amazing blowout golf experience trips. They'd rather go to Bannon Dunes for a week with their buddies, go to Cabot, go to you name it, wherever it might be, but go to some destination or, you know, to wherever it just, it, it could, it happens everywhere. They, they, they take that money and allocate it towards experience trips rather than, you know, being a member at a club in their hometown. And, you know, the, the thing that makes that up is then they're playing public golf in their hometown as well. Um, so, you know, I've, I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations about this and, you know, I, I hear more and more, I've quit my club and I'm playing public golf in my city, which a makes me really excited. B it also makes me know that those people are spending money traveling. Like that's my automatic assumption. If anyone says that they did, they stopped playing at a private club. My immediate assumption is that now they dedicate cash to go on experience trips. Right. I mean, it just makes sense. And I just think that, you know, the modern day culture of golf is more about um, getting to see different places and having these different golf experiences. And, you know, travel has always been a thing, right? Golf travel has always been there, but it's been very, very destination based. Like American golfers would go to Scotland, you know, and uh, Pebble beach and like very, very specific places. Now I think that, you know, people like myself and others in the industry that are traveling a lot and showcasing all these different experiences and places is enticing people to go see them, right? And have those experiences for themselves. So I know I'm rambling, sorry. No, no, I mean, that's that's me and Ashton in a nutshell, to be honest. I mean, our best, we just had one of our best experiences, I think, together and probably ever you know, golfing period. We, you know, I hit up a uh, Coos Golf Club, Andre, which I know you actually have been out there with uh, golf ball and actually. I played the Muni Madness game out there. Yeah, you yeah, and B yeah. went out there and we just played Muni Madness with them as well. Um, and dude, that was the sickest thing ever. And Andre and his brother Paulo, you, you can't have the, I mean, you can't find anybody like them. They are just like, gems all in them you know all in themselves like it's crazy how how awesome those two are yeah yeah i mean i fell in love with that place real easy you know i spent one day there with you know a bunch of my looper friends out abandoned and um yeah it was such a fantastic day i mean playing off of what i just said then then you take someone like myself that takes those golf travel experiences and really elevates it to the next level right like here i brought brandon out from san francisco he was on one of my golf wall experience trips at the time so basically one of the ways that i was raising money for this community service project that i was doing was offering different photo and travel experiences with me and brandon was one of the first people to sign up for it uh i picked him up in san francisco after the community service initiative there took him up to bandon uh we actually camped at one of my caddy friends um properties he used to live on a cranberry farm so we camped That's on sick. cranberry bog for a couple days we didn't hire caddies at bandon to carry our bags we played with caddies at bandon um you know it was a fantastic trip i got to take him on the on the beach below old mac four by fouring um <laughs> You know, we did a lot of cool stuff that trip. Uh, and, you know, going up to Coos that day for the Muni Mountains game was part of it as well. You know, playing with 20 caddies is always a good time. <laughs> that was the sickest thing ever. I mean, we we got to play with Chris and Maddie, to you know, uh, a husband and wife-like duo that caddies abandoned earlier in the day. And they were, like, the sickest people ever. And then we got to meet 15 or 16 more of the caddies later in the day. I've never seen more people party as hard as they did while we were, while we were playing. It was the best time. Yeah. I mean, There's it was a so good. I, I get along with caddies so well. Right. And it's, it's a very similar lifestyle. You know, I'm, it, my whole background comes from my love of the ski and snow culture, right? Like I was a ski bum at heart. Like I used to work seasonal jobs in hotels so that I could snowboard a hundred days a year. So like the, my whole travel lifestyle is, is, you know, familiar to the game of golf through the caddy lifestyle. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I end up connecting, you know, it's pretty often that 
I'll play with members at a private club and I'll walk away with a lifelong friend from the caddy that I hired. Like it happens all the time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the cool things about what I do. It, it opens up some doors to, you know, have some unique destination experiences. And um, Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, this is perfect timing. Thank you. Good sir. I appreciate you. So I had literally just got back from golf. So I ordered oh, yeah. some pizza. <laughs> hey perfect time to perfect time to chow it's funny when i first started doing these pods for people with people um i used to like you know get so nervous about it now i realize that it's i'm just being me out here and here i am with the whole zot look at how good that looks oh man damn son um yeah so here i am today just eating pizza bro what did you play today (laughs) Uh, I played with my coach. I played out at Weddington. Okay. Mm. Damn, my what, what kind of pizza you got to tell us? LBK. This is a really, really good spot here in LA. Um, I got the margarita pizza. Yum. Fantastic. Classic. Classic. Um, so, yeah, I played with coach today. We played at Weddington, which is just a um, nine-hole par three course here. Um studio city la it's fun man it was it was actually really rad i rolled up so he's my coach uh when i you know i don't really take a whole lot of golf lessons but every time i'm in la i connect with him and you know i'm working on my game a little bit i showed up today so ron uh has a really cool list of clients like really really cool and i showed up today and he was finishing up with sylvester stallone wow pretty, pretty rad that's pretty sick that's a that's a fun little connect to be able to just roll up onto and if you saw this place it's no glitz right it's hitting off the mats it's an old school range it's actually you know it's one of those places that's basically it's owned by a private school here in Los Angeles called Harvard Westlake and Harvard's developing the land to create some athletic facilities and parking facilities and, you know, just some infrastructure that the school needs and it does need it. Um, but it's a shame because this place has been around the Los Angeles golf scene for, I don't know when it was established. I would guess the 20, 30, 40, something like that, but it's been around forever. And, you know, it's a really popular place here in LA and you can go there at any time of the day. Like, yes, it's cool that my coach is, you know, teaching Sylvester Stallone how to play. But you can go there at any point in the day and run into a number of celebrities. Like, anybody. Like, it's it, they all go there to hit balls. Um, so it's kind of a cool spot. You know, there's been a lot of big money games out there. I mean, you think about, like, you know, back in the early 60s and stuff like that. Like, you know, old school Hollywood playing money games out there. It's pretty rad. That sounds like the Glen Eagles of... Uh... Yeah of down there you know Weird. like that's kind of how Glen Eagles is in San Francisco where you know all the tech guys everybody that works in the city in the financial district heads the Glen Eagles and just insane amounts of cash get lost out there <laughs> is it bother you meeting pizza right now no not at all I just chowed down some some pasta before we got on no so we'll do that but here I am. So <laughs> he's probably watching me out the window, like, what the hell's he doing? What the fuck? He's just <laughs> talking to his computer and eating pizza. It's fucking weird. I make myself real comfortable out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I saw it at Brandon's, so it was it was your facility for the time being. You got me kind of guilty that I'm drinking out of a master's cup right now, too. Well, he's got a master's sign right behind him. Now nah, we're gonna pick this. You know Advocate for public golf courses? Come on. This this boy is from Georgia, so he's all about the Augusta life. Okay, that's that is that is a very rich interpretation. Bad bad take, but like <laughs> definitely every I everybody out there. No, my, here go. Here's a goodie for you. You ever been there? You know what that logo is? Winter Park Nine in Orlando. I have not been yet. I almost it's didn't on my back list. from Miami, but it's too, just far enough away. 
talk about a fun little nine hole. That place is fantastic. It's right in the middle of the city, right? That's what I read a lot about. Where like it's literally in the community, right? It's in a suburb. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's surrounded by houses and roads. Kind of weave through it. I mean, there's a train track that runs through it. It's it's fantastic. Like as far as like metropolitan city golf, it's really really cool. Um, yeah, it's a it's a wealthy suburb of Orlando. Ashton's a big uh, Sweetens Cove advocate, and we're going to be heading out there. Hopefully, I know I see the Pats there. Yeah, uh, we're going to be going out there and see uh, seeing those guys. Hopefully, fall time. So Sweetens is well represented in this band. I got there's a flag up front. There's my patch coat. I have Rob actually sketch number nine of Sweetens on the outside of the van. That's for I got sick. a Dansky signature on here. I got the OGGM Patrick Boyd signature on here. What else do I got? There's a lot of Sweetens stuff in here. Oh, I got the Illuminati nine routing right here. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, this is like, that's the sketch itself. If you know, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed to. We can't post. disclose that. No, I, I, I said I wouldn't post it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Mean, how long did you live it. out there? Can you see, can you see my hand right now? No, I can no. see where you're pointing, but I can't see it. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's right yeah. off camera. It's literally right <laughs> off camera. <laughs> Matt, how long did you stay out there? Sweetens? Yeah, during COVID. Um, during COVID, during the March trip in COVID, I was there for, uh, 17 days. Yeah. I think I should stop eating pizza because I'm just going to be chewing the whole time. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I was out there for 17 days in March of 2020. Um, nine of those 17 days, it was closed due to flooding. I was the only one out there. It was me at a Damsky, just chilling. Um, you know, some days I wouldn't see anyone. They'd call me to be like, "What's the water doing today?" It was, it was rad, man. Like, that's cool was, to see, though, because it, it's part of Sweetens. It, you know, it's what they deal with on a regular basis. So to be able to see how it floods and completely goes back to a playable, you know, surface, that's that's fucking insane. It takes a ton of work, you know. It was funny because I was there in November of 19 when I was on the road with the golf wall project, my community service project. And I actually just stopped through there for the day and it actually closed due to flooding. And I was like, man, this would be like the perfect thing to do is help the grounds crew clean it up, right? Like, but unfortunately I was on like deadline to get somewhere else. Like literally I was just stopping there for the night to sleep and say, hey, and move on. Um so like it didn't clear the day that I had to leave. And I was like, you know, I, I just got to go. Um, but then when it did it this time, I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Like I'm living here now. Let's let's like, let's do this. And they were so anxious when like, you know, they started prepping days before. And I happened to be doing like a bunch of stuff and I took them a little bit, but not near as much as I wanted to. Um, but I was their security guard for 17 days. That's that's a that's an epic thing, though. I mean, just to be able to just post up, sweeten 17 days, you know. Oh man, it was that's such, a dream. Talk about memorable experience. Like it was, <sighs> I will never forget it. The best is like it was it was kind of hot, and I said to Rob, I was like, man, I'd love to go swimming. He's like, go do it. And I was like, what? I was like, really? He's like, yeah, if you want to go swim, like, be my guest, basically. He's like, in fact, why don't you swim through the swale on eight? And I was like, man, you're out of your head. But if you're giving me the green light, I'm doing it. And I did end up backstroking through the swale on number eight. <laughs> you might be the only person that's probably swam through the middle of Sweetens Cove. You know, I would say that that's probably the truth. I don't know. Um, you know, it was funny as soon as I posted on Instagram that I did it, I got an email from Patrick saying, like, you know, there's alligator guards in the in the river. Like they're, they're coming on there when it floods. And I didn't even know like what an alligator gar is. And um sure enough, when the water receded, I found like three of them on the fairways. Um, Damn. But like they weren't that big. I don't think they would have done it. Yeah. 
that's still that's still crazy. Yeah. I know we're putting you on the spot, but I'm curious, what's your favorite hole at Sweden's? They're all so good. It's so hard to like. I don't know. I don't know how you could pick one. You know, for me, it's probably number one. And the reason I say that is because it's the first hole every time I go back there, right? Like every time I play that hole, it's like I'm back. Like here, I, I, I get that feeling from a lot of places, though. Like, you know, design wise. I don't know if it's my favorite, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it evokes that emotion of, you know, here I am, right? But I could also say the same for, you know, the final hole on a lot of golf courses because, it, you know, as I spend an extended period of time someplace like Sweetens, right? Nine-hole course, who wants to spend 17 days there? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Any golf go to a destination, they want a ton of golf holes, a place like, you know, Bannon or Pinehurst or somewhere that you can get a lot of variety in what you're playing. Um, but, you know, I get that. It, it evokes that feeling for me if I'm playing the same place for an extended period of time. It's like, you know, that's where you're really going to get a connection to the land, right? Like, by the end of that trip, I was, you know, sitting on the golf course, sitting in bunkers, like, you know, I, I'd be playing and I'd literally stop for two hours and just sit in a bunker <laughs> just to enjoy it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't have anything but time. And, you know, especially when it was flooded, it was like, what, what do you do? Right. Like, let's go enjoy this however we can. Um, you know, if I had it's such a hard question, man, I don't know. Oh, one's a great answer. What's a great answer? Well, Ashton, what's your favorite? Uh, five. It's a short par, short par four. Um, yeah. You you can drive the green. You shouldn't really. Honestly, it's more probably like a three wood. But there's like an asshole bunker right. I mean, you are you are boned. Matt, you, know, like, you drive the, the green there. Yeah, don't go right. No, <laughs> don't go right. Don't hit it. In, no, I mean honestly, the play is you hit six iron wedge. Like if you're you know. But again, you can hit a three on the green. But that's the fun of Sweden's is you play that hole four times in a day, you can try it any which way. I mean, that's why it's such a fun track of like just creating different shots in different rounds. Like, cool, I'm in six iron wedge. This time I'm four up on your ass and I'm going to try to hit a little, you know, stinger three on the green. That's the fun part of Sweden's. I agree. I like that. There's a lot of shots to be had out there. So you, since you you probably so if you hit every single state across the United States or well, continental states, I've been to every state. I haven't played golf in every state yet. So favorite I state. really care to care about. You know, it's not. I've never been like. Maybe this is the perfect time to check it all off, so I can just say yeah. yes. Don't ask me this question. <laughs> what state? What state you roll into? that you that you love and enjoy every more than any other state that you roll into it's impossible i, I get the okay. same feeling from a lot of places you know it's those places again that i have the connection to right the places yeah. that i've spent time and you know built out my network but i also get like really inspired by new places as well maybe it is time i check off the remainders just to be like you know, have those new experiences. It's perfect for detour. Like, you know, I'm on this current project right now that it, it kind of aligns well with that. I haven't really thought about it as part of this, but it's yeah, well done. <laughs> so detour, now yep. that you say that, give us a little bit of backing on what, what the new project is, what detour is. Well, you got to experience it. Um, so detour for me, the main goal in Detour is I'm revisiting a bunch of really memorable moments and experiences from the past four years, and I'm telling the origin story of golf in your state, but I'm telling it in a very unique manner. Um, so by visiting the places on my patch coat that I absolutely love and connecting with people that I've built relationships with over the past four years, um, I'm going to be able to tell a, a really unique origin story of who I am, what I do, um, and not through my words, through the words of others. I love that. I, yeah. I know when I got to see you, you know, at Brandon's <laughs> shop, golf ball and down Brentwood, um, it you were recording the entire time kind of you were more separated kind of catching the you know behind the scenes and um really letting everybody else naturally you know have a good time and it was i could kind of see 
what you were doing kind of, you know, in that was one of the coolest events I think I've ever been to because I never met anybody there except for Brandon. And it was the first time I got to meet yourself. Um, you know, one of my buddies who is in the San Francisco RGC did come out and that was probably the only other guy I knew, but I stayed until shit, we were out there until midnight or at least I was when we started playing the most ridiculous, you know, <laughs> ridiculous putting game. And the, the, so if anybody ever goes out to golf ball and it's a sick uh, golf shop built in a gas station, like legit old retired gas station that he turned the, the shop of the gas station into the golf shop where he does anything you need to fix your clubs. He's got any used clubs you're going to need if you're starting out or if you're, you know, an advanced player, Brandon's the guy to see. Um, but he's also just built this really sick practice facility behind the, behind the, uh, the gas station. And it's got like hitting bays. Yeah. That Matt. The members lounge. Yeah. Members lounge with TVs and he's got like a air conditioned little inside unit that you can step in. He's got food and drinks and there's a whole membership that you can join. And he's got this sick putting green that he built out there and it's all, you know, AstroTurf and, but we basically, you know, we're out there, you know, having a good time. And we started making the most ridiculous holes from like inside the range to, you know, inside the lounge and every single time anybody made a putt, Matt was last every single time. And how many people did you kill kill dreams of? It had to have been three I or four. At least four or five. <laughs> there was like seven. I think I added up and it was like seven hundred bucks or something that I saved people. <laughs> Insane amount of money. And cause it was how much were we playing per per hole? I'm the only guy that didn't win anything. I saved the entire crew like $800 and I was the only one that ended up having to pay out at the end of the night. <laughs> Matt went last every time. And the only time he made his first putt was when he had to kill somebody else's dreams. Yep. It was ridiculous. That was a good That's time. Though. That might've helped my putting confidence because I've been putting pretty well recently. Maybe, maybe B's got a, got a little bit going there with all the wild ass shit coming out of the range. And yeah, I mean, let's talk about Brandon spot for a second. I mean, absolutely fantastic. You know, his shot, he sells everything, everything. everything. I mean, you imagine. And he supports all the small brands too. He's one of you the know. most like generous, kind dudes I know. I mean, he does a toy giveaway on Christmas. He's done like all types of charity and community service. Like the dude's really, really fantastic, good human. And then he runs a cool shop. Like his model is awesome. I mean, they have used clubs, new clubs, everything you could imagine for your bag. Like if I lived in San Francisco, that would be my golf shop. No question about it. I would be going there just for his service in the way that, like, he is. It's just a. It's it's the definition of a locally run business. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. he does a fantastic job with it. He's super passionate about it. I mean, he built this thing so that he could get people, you know, just there interacting with the store and, you know, product and him and, you know, the game of golf and all his friends love social media. They're all really good players. Like, it's um it's a really cool spot and you know Brandon's obviously got my support 100%. Um he supported me through the years and I mean he's he backs everything that I do. Like I said he he participated in the community service project in San Francisco when we fed homeless people in Oakland. He then did that experience trip up to uh uh Oregon with me. Um you know I've seen him a lot of places. He let me post up with him at waste management last, uh 2000 19 2019 he just said come stay with me at this house with me and my friends so i did um you know we've become good friends he he's a really good guy i you know i only lived in antioch for a short period of time and that's when i found out about his shop but i was you know i worked at another golf shop i worked for golf mart you know building golf clubs for them but I used to come to Brandon's shop all the time just to be able to support him. And to be honest, just to shoot the shit with Brandon, because it yeah. was just a good time to go in there and chat with him. Well, now you've made friends with all his boys. So it, 
you know what it's like. <laughs> you know what it's really like. Oh, Billy, Billy told Billy told me to tell you what's up. Oh, right on. <laughs> I've been chatting with him a little bit. He was like, you, you got you gotta tell you gotta tell Cardis what's up for him. <laughs> yeah. Good good group of guys. And I mean, yeah, please, if you're in the East Bay, any of our listeners, please stop in and see Brandon golf ball in Brentwood. It he will take care of you. Absolutely. What do you um, want to do now, Chris? Uh, dude, let's talk hidden gems. So for us, that's that's for me, it's it's my hidden treasure. That's what I'm constantly searching for is to find the hidden gem. Yep. Favorite, let's let's say top five favorite hidden gems that you found while you've been doing golf in your state. You know, like courses you probably would have never come across unless you were on this on this journey. Well, let's start. Let's start with the term hidden gem, right? Because I don't, I don't. We like, had a discussion about that on the podcast. I don't like the. I don't like. I don't like the term. You know, there there's gems, right? There's great golf courses everywhere. I can Different verify, levels. I, I can verify that there's golf courses, great golf courses everywhere. Hidden's like you know, it's it's never hidden. It's always right in front of our faces. It's a matter of if we make the effort to go find it or not, right? So you know. As soon as anything's out there, as soon as one photo goes out about a place, right, it's no longer hidden. As soon as one person talks about it, you know, 15 other people are going to claim that, you know, here's a hidden gem, right? Well, as soon as that first person says it, it's no longer hidden because they found out about it through this person who found about it through that person. Like, it's it just the term to me bothers me. But there are lots of great golf courses out there. And, you know, I've went out of my way to find some of these places. And to me, like, you know, a place like Gamble Sands, right? Let's use Gamble Sands in Washington as an example. Like, I knew about Gamble Sands. I knew it was there. Um, you know, did it have, like, a ton of recognition at the time? It was up and coming, right? Like, it was starting to get traction. Um, you know, it was bumping up the state lists. I think it took over Chambers at this point as the best in state. Um, but you know, I can look at places like Rams Hill and, you know, a bunch of these places that I've found in my travels and, you know, they're fantastic golf courses, really unique golf experiences, beautiful destination, like everything that you're looking for. But, you know, the word hidden gem to me just doesn't really, it doesn't truly, you know, describe what the place is, right? It's, you know, a great golf course in a remote location that takes a hell of a lot of effort to one, find it, two, go travel to it. And once you do, like, you will remember that experience forever. And, you know, I got a lot of those places, you know, I just named two of them, Campbell Sands in Washington, Rams Hill Golf Club in Southern California, um, Prairie Club in Western Nebraska would definitely be one of those places. Sweetens Cove would definitely be another one of those places. I mean, when I first visited Sweetens Cove, like, it was still getting off the ground, right? Like, you know, I showed up and it was still, I mean, I saw it in its infancy, right? Like at the very beginning, it didn't even, it had nothing. No Peyton Manning ties at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it had, it, it, it hadn't seen the growth or, you know, the growth in popularity and attention, um, that it clearly deserves. Um, you know, it just wasn't on people's radar, but, you know, with me visiting and, you know, a thousand other people visiting and posting photos on social, like it's now getting the recognition that it deserves. Um, you know, I couldn't be happier for Rob, like, you know, to see him take that place and then spark it into, you know, a bunch of other projects and, you know, building out a, a incredible portfolio of golf course. Like dude, he's a very, very, very talented man along with that. So, I mean, Rob, Rob, Rob is sick. I mean, he, he reminds me a little bit more of like the Strantz style of, of architecture. Yeah. If I was going to compare him with anybody and he's not even really comparable because his own kind of style of what he does. Yeah. And, but it's just, it's out there. It's unique. People are going to seek him out because he designs things the way he designs them. You know, you're seeing the popularity of new age architecture these days, right? Like, you know, Gil and uh, Rob, and, you know, there's yeah, a ton of them. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, 
it's for me i love them because they're so visually appealing right like one they look absolutely fantastic two they're super fun to play and most of them were designed for you know people like ourselves that like to walk and you know just have a good time and it's you know fortunate that a lot of you know the atmosphere that's created by the the architecture right you take place like sweetens you know it just lends itself to for like fun golf like that's what the place is all about and always has been like that was rob's vision for it is like i want to create a really fun golf course and it wasn't just the golf course itself it's also you know the atmosphere that's created by the clubhouse and what they do with the apparently all of it um so kudos to you rob <laughs> Dude. And, and the thing I love too is like, this is like a, a very personal story, but I mean, I think the other thing that, you know, you've heard kind of through the grapevine, but I know my first time there was last May and we were probably on our third loop. You know, there was, there, I mean, everyone was on the golf course. There was nobody really by there. And I was waiting on my dad and I was standing up at the, the tee box and I look over and Rob just kind of walks over and just like, Hey man, how's it going? I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I, I, I know who that is, you know? Yeah. He's just like yeah. very normal. And then he kind of sits there and he washes hit our tee shots and goes, it's a really nice drive. And I was like, thanks. So he walks away, you know, he's in kind of his like slightly beat up BMW, you know, pulls in is talking to different people, leaves, comes back. And I think there's just that normalcy factor of, you know, going back to what you were saying in your early days, what we talk a lot about is we've both had, ironically, the thing about all three of us is we all are obsessed with golf, but we've all had extended periods away. Like for me, what drove me away from golf for a while was like my high school golf experience was being a part of a team that like didn't feel like a team of people who like, you know, they're looking at the scores that you kind of talking behind your hands and growing up in Atlanta, we actually played all pub, like private golf course. So I had this also this added pressure of like, man, if I want to play Atlanta athletic club, this is kind of my one time to do it. And I just shot 50 in front of my teammates, you know, and it just kind of made me want to step away, but that's kind of what I love so much about Sweden's. And honestly, one of the reasons I, I personally was so excited to talk to you because you know, what resonates much with you is just like, you know, it's like you can just go and be who you are and love this game. You know, that that's the only expectation. Like we're on this call tonight because we love, sure, we love public golf, but it's just that understanding of like, hey man, like be yourself, eat pizza, like it's not, you know, like eat pizza, hang out. Like that's the idea where it doesn't have to be this like coat and tie. There's a time for that, right? Yeah. Just the inclusivity right? factor is what I think makes Sweden so special. And also the little golf community that we all love, right? It's like, bring your dog and wear a LeBron jersey. We don't care. Like just come and come and have fun, you know? I don't know why. I, I mean, I understand why some people are so uptight about it, right? Like some people are just so set on tradition, right? That, um, you know, it's tough for some to accept the modern day culture of golf. But, you know, I, I obviously lean towards your side and come as you are. If you want to wear a t-shirt on the golf course, do it. If you want to bring your dog, do it. If you want to listen to music, play in large groups, do whatever you got to do as long as you're not impeding the people around you. Right? Like, play fast. Play behind. <laughs> Don't hit you to the people in front of you. Like, that's the only thing that I care about. Matt, I'm curious, you know, obviously, like, you know, this is going to go out to a whole bunch of, you know, uh, hopefully uh, people all over the, we actually have, you know, listeners weirdly like South Korea and stuff, but obviously a big part of our listenership is in the Bay Area. So we've talked way too much about Bay Area golf, but I'm curious, like, do you have, and we're not going to use hidden gyms, Chris, I need to be more mindful of using hidden gyms, but I'm curious. <laughs> we for just you, talked like, about that in the last pod. Yeah. But are there certain courses that you really love in the Bay Area? I mean, I just love your perspective as someone who's seen so much golf, like really places that really resonate with you here. You know, the one I've had the most, you know, connection to is Carica Park for sure out in Alameda. Um, you know, one of our back, favorites back mm-hmm. in the day with, uh, you know, my, friendships over at Link Soul um, kind of led me to, to finding it when they redid the course and you know hearing about the the future development plans and you know the second course is being built right now um, you know it's uh, it's one of those places that I think is is really special in the area um, so that'd be one that I'd probably bring attention to for sure um, you know, I haven't played a whole lot of public golf in San Francisco, sadly. I haven't played a whole lot of golf, like, in San Francisco proper. 
sadly. <laughs> um, you know, I played Presidio, which, you know, I, I used to have a good friend that lived in the Presidio. So, um, yeah, it was actually an ex-girlfriend of mine. So when I used to go visit her, I'd go play there. Uh, that was before golf in your state days. Um, so, yeah, that's one that I've played a bunch. I'm trying to think of others, but... No, Creek, uh, we've talked about Creek a lot. Creek is a, a really lovely place. Um, and again, sort of this more modern age, it's it's really good. And then also, I'm just curious, uh, I'm, like Chris said, I'm originally from Atlanta. Um, I'm curious, like, I don't know if you spent oh, enough time Sharp there. Park? Sorry, Sharp Park? Like, oh, yeah. Come on, how could I forget that? <laughs> and man, if we ever win the lottery, can we please double a little bit of money into that place? It would be such a such a wonderful i mean it already is wonderful but the one that's right on the water is it jefferson there was one that i i drove by last time i when i was just there when i was during the u.s it was during the u.s open trophy tour um was it in the city it was i think over by olympic somewhere i think we were on our way to olympic when we passed by it I was like, I gotta come back. I'll be able to find it on a map here. On the on the water in the city. There was only one hole that kind of like overlooked the water, and that's where the road was. Now I'm so curious. Yeah. I'll try and find it. Was it Lake Lake Morset or Cal? No, it was it was public. And it wasn't Harding. No, it wasn't Harding. Oh, Harding Park. How could I forget that one? Man, I, yeah, I played some good public golf in Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that there, there's only mi- a minimal amount of public golf in the city. So, See, I mean, you've where, got about five that's options. Where, that's where the word gem, like, gets super confusing for me, though, right? I start trying to think, like, too deep rather than just, like, what the good ones are that everybody would know, right? Like, how could I forget about Harding Park? But I've played it multiple times. But it's not like the first one that I completely buried it in my brain right there. Because I started thinking like, okay, trying to dig deeper that, you know, where would, you know, a potential uh, person that lives in San Francisco may have not played that this might help them go find a new place, right? That's what it goes to. Matt, you need to check out, have you played Golden Gate Park? No. If you like par three courses... Golden Gate Park has got to be one of my top. Even if you don't, it's just like, it's so your vibe. Like it's just, it's owned by like the San Francisco parks department. The guys running the shop are just like, their their clubhouse slinging $5 beers and just like letting people hang out. It's great. Yeah. And their clubhouse is just like, uh, like a modular unit. Oh, Lincoln. Lincoln's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. You get, you get, uh, what is it? 17. You get one of the best views in like, see, that's one that like, golf. I have not played it, but just looking at it, it looked fantastic. It's quirky and, as hell. So it's such have, a, such a crazy track. Such a crazy track. On the street there. <laughs> Lincoln's sick. So we've, we've had conversations about it. The only issue we have with Lincoln is that the city puts so much money into Harding that Lincoln's kind of like the, the, you know, beaten up stepchild of the city. And it's great for the locals because we got a boy named Juan that he's literally mayor of Lincoln, Lincoln park. And he just goes out there and they love him so much. I don't even think he pays the majority of the time he plays. There's also one of the reasons why I think he loves it so much. I mean, that's a great reason to love any golf course. What's the green fee out there versus Harding park? what 40 well, 40 bucks it's so the, the caveat with harding though is it's all about having your resident card it's like i have a resident card in san francisco harding on like a monday is like 50 on a weekend it's like 75 and like lincoln is like more expensive than you think it would be that's like, with the re- that's with the resident card yeah but without a residence card it's like two no. three hundred dollars not worth yeah. it yeah 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 yeah, Harding for someone like me or like Brandon coming from there. How much money you have in the bank account, right? Not worth yep. it. If I'm a rich man, I'm. Yeah. Well, well and also, too, I, I should clarify. It's actually perfect. It's a Tory example, right? Which I want to hear also about your recent experience at Tory because it's like, hey, if you want to come play where John Rom won, you're subsidizing us as normal people to play here. That's the way it should be. Like, if you want to come hit Colin Morikawa's tee shot, 
it's going to cost you, but come play here so that like as locals, we can play here for 50 bucks. It's great. It's fantastic. And um, that's the reason they can that charge that. I think that is a great model. I, I, you know, I've been burnt by it many, many times, <laughs> you know, going to New York and wanting to go play Beth page. Like, you know, it always stings to pay that money, but at the same time, you know, I, I recognize that the golf course demands what it demands. Right. And, yep. You know, I'm willing to pay. It's up to every individual if they're willing to pay that price gap. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's always sucks, you know, visiting San Diego and playing with San Diego native, lo locals that get the reduced rate. And I have to fork out an arm and a leg to go play there. Yeah. Right? Same with that page and, you know, Harding and all these other places. But, you know, I think it really, you know, if they priced it at that higher price point, they would lose that whole local demographic. Right? For sure. So, you know, good on some of these municipal golf courses that, you know, reward local play by, you know, offering them a reduced rate at a fantastic facility. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think anyone at Tory or Bethpage would gripe about the local fee to play what they're playing no when they especially when they know what tour what non-locals are paying right yeah it almost creates a, a value to the local community being like well you know if everybody thought about it in that manner if you know if tory charged the same amount for every single person to play there they would lose that local market but you know with them doing it the way they do it, it entices locals to play. If locals really thought about that, they'd be like, oh, I'm stoked to play for 75 yeah. bucks every day of the week. Right? It's, all, it's all perspective. All yeah. perspective. Yeah. No, totally. Well, and, and Matt, speaking of of, uh, of Tory, uh, would love to hear kind of about, you know, your journey with the USJ. You know, I saw a lot of stuff with you in the US Open Trophy. Like, would love to hear some of that story too. Yeah. So last year, um, I was hired by the USGA to do the U S open trophy tour, um, presented by Lexus. So Lexus sponsored this whole trip that basically what I did was I took the U S open trophy for 24 days, uh, picked it up at Wingfoot, delivered it to Torrey Pines. Uh, I took it to eight different locations, creating video content for the USGA. Um, those videos are on the USGA YouTube channel. Um, it was a really cool experience. Just even completely humbled to even have the opportunity to have it in my possession, no less be creating content for the USGA. Yeah, it was it was really rad. Yeah, I saw you stopped into uh, our boys' place, uh, State Apparel. Yeah, and I was so bummed because I think we were both out of town that weekend. Really, and I just completely missed it. I saw Brandon drove all the way out from Brentwood to come meet you. I was so bummed because I, and I'm even more sad that that place no longer you know, has a brick and mortar. That was actually one of the last events. It's funny because I actually was there for the grand opening event. Um, when I did my highway golf series, um, or no, it wasn't the highway golf series. It was, uh, wedge wizard. And I did a, a California trip from SoCal up to NorCal. And, uh, we did like a little meet and greet at state apparel during that trip. That was back in 1718 and i want to say it was like shortly after jason had hope opened that location and jason and i have become really close over the years and really really good dude um and i hit him up to do this one kind of not knowing what was going on um and so i just reached out and of course he was so generous and kind to let me do it there during coat like it was not the easiest thing you know to convince anyone for me to organize a, a little meet and greet but you know we kept it really safe for everyone i basically brought people in one at a time into the store um you know it was the funnest product part of the project for me right like so in each of the video pieces basically what i did was i created eight videos for the usga um uh with foot pinehurst oakmont aaron hills cherry hills olympic club pebble beach and tory pines and so for each of the pieces it was like a little bit of course history um you know usga championship history that's taken place there u.s women's open u.s open u.s amateur um so a little bit of course history a little bit of course sizzle to get people excited about the locations and then what i did for the fun for like the finale was basically put the hands in the patch in 
put the trophy in the hands of passionate golfers within the community. Um, and what I did was in each of the places that we went to, I reached out to certain people I knew that would genuinely appreciate having this thing in their hands. Um, so it was by far my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, and yeah, that's where I kind of hosted the, the Olympic club offsite was at state apparel and it just coincidentally happened to be right before he shut down due to COVID. Um, so it was the last event that he actually had there. So Jason was actually going to design and make all of my, uh, my <laughs> uniforms for my high school program that okay. year. Yeah. So we were, we were already in talks about getting, getting it all set up. And then the season just got shut down. We only got to play one match and then, it w- it ended, so I was really bummed out about that. And he makes really good stuff, man. And, uh, quality product. I didn't realize too until that night. <laughs> it was kind of strange actually showing up there because I did not realize until that night that he was doing uh, Western Gales as well. Yeah. So I kind of put all that together at that event there, and uh, yeah, he's he's really talented, dude. Anybody that's looking for good golf apparel, and I would say probably some of the best golf pants ever made in the market, like killer, killer apparel. Um, he even puts a patch on the bottom of the pants to wipe your golf clubs off of. I mean, super ingenious. Um, you can find his stuff on on State Apparel on online and also Western Gales recycled sailboat sails turned into head covers. Like so sick. So sick. And I think he even used recycled uh, uh, UPS and FedEx bags and stuff that he was making head covers out of. You'll love that. There it is. Little his little tea pocket. I like that. Oh, that's incredible. So he hasn't you- yet. I actually just got this back today. This was a new add-on today. <laughs> so guys, all right, Matt, we gotta have you explain the coat. All right. So my patch coat to me is all about the places that I've been able to create a connection with, right? It's all in my favorite places. It's not like I just put any patch on here. It's all deconstructed golf flags. So the way I created it was, you know, I bought this fancy coat and then I deconstructed, collected golf flags in my travels, deconstructed the golf flags and created the patch coat. Um, You know, it means a lot to me because it's places exactly like I was talking about the signatures on the van, right? It takes me back to, you know, all the moments that I've had with all the fantastic people in these communities. And, you know, I look at all these courses and it means a lot more than just golf to me. Right. Like, you know, as I look at the Pinehurst patch, it, it takes me back to every single experience I've had there and every single relationship and connection and, you know, all those bad shots I had up there, <laughs> uh, all the good ones too, right? Like, man, I, I can just look at every single one on here and it's, they're all special. They're all special for their own reason and the own, their own people behind them. So yeah. is this going to put you on the spot? You were asking me the questions earlier. I should have just had the code out. Like, all, should my, have. all my answers are right here. <laughs> Favorite logo. I know that the lo- most loaded question ever, but you've got some sick ass logos on the on the cover. I mean, but there's, would, there's some sick logos in golf. I would have to say pasta's damn close to my favorite. It's up there. Um, you know, Pioneers is is tough for me to beat. Uh, you know, I again I think I can start looking at all this. Like, you know, Beth Page is up there. You know, I love the Aaron Hills logo. I love Bandon, you know, the puffin. Bandon has so many good logos though. It, it's not even just the normal Bandon resort logo. I mean, I would say that the simple sheep ranch logo is one of my favorites. It's just it's not a lot, but it's just enough to be perfect. So on detour in LA now, just finished up with us open. Um, what, what, where's the journey taking you next? So this next stretch of the detour basically is taking me from the West coast to East coast. So I'm riding the Southern United States, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, 
Panhandle, Florida, Jacksonville, Miami. That's the next little stretch here. Um, then the third leg is going to be up the eastern coast, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, um, Virginia, Maryland, New York. Dude, I'm all over the place. And then I'm Any- all the way back out west. <laughs> <laughs> Any specific courses you've lined up, or are you just hitting places that, that you've got on your radar? It's, uh, yes, there's definitely uh, uh, a schedule of locations and people based on what I was saying earlier, right? So basically on this trip, what I'm doing is revisiting those memorable moments and experiences from the past four years. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty outlined as far as where I'm going and who I'm seeing and what we're doing. Um, Just because I want to like, you know, as I've met up with people and become friends with them over the past four years, I want to flash back to where we met three years ago and the first experience we had together. Um, you know, talk about like how the relationship's grown and, you know, all those kind of things. So, yeah. That's sick. I mean, I'm excited to keep an eye out on the, on the Instagram and, and see what the journey has to hold. Yeah. It's pretty cool too, because like, you know, again, on this trip, me being me as like t- I typically do, I'm kind of holding it close to my chest a little bit. Like what you're seeing on social during the actual production is just a little tiny piece of it. Like yeah. the video content that I'm creating is really like the main goal in all of this. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see, like, you know, I just finished leg one. I've been working on post for, you know, a little while while I've been here. Um, so I'm excited for that stuff to start rolling out that, you know, people will have the opportunity to see it and also know that I'm still on the road doing it. That, you know, it's only going to get bigger and bigger, I think, as I as I go on. So, so where can people find the content? Is it all on your YouTube channel? It, it will be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be putting out I'll be putting out little teasers and and pieces onto Instagram, and then I'm gonna let the long form live on YouTube for this one, as le- at least as far as I can tell at this point. Like, you know, YouTube's been a real challenge for me to get people over there for some reason, right? Like, you know, most people want to just watch my content on Instagram and not follow me linking them to YouTube. But and, the content's great on YouTube. Like the yeah, whole I mean, the whole Sweetens, you know, saga I, that you did was fantastic. I want to get as many eyes on it as I can, right? But you know, it's uh, I've had a hard time just like finding the way to get people over there. I mean, I wasn't a YouTube user prior to like posting content on YouTube, so I get it, right? Like I would go on there and search how to make a birthday cake right (laughs) and like that's that's what i used youtube for it was like you know as a search engine almost to find video content to teach me how to do something um like that's what i really and i think that's what a lot of consumers use it for um so i'm trying to like figure out how i can entice people to actually go over there and watch it there but i'll probably just keep putting it on instagram and but if you're watching this go to my youtube please subscribe i would appreciate please subscribe to uh, golf and state on youtube it's worth it watch the backlog of content that he's got because it is really good uh and i'm not just tuning his horn because he's on our fucking podcast it's it's good especially like i said the sweeten saga got me going i liked it it was a really really good amount of content yeah i'm sitting in the golf van eating out of a golf mug i mean I love golf. <laughs> this, this guy lives golf. So, I mean, it, if you haven't checked out Golf in the State, please go go uh, follow him on Instagram, on all the social media platforms. Uh, are you on all social media platforms or just are we just on Instagram? I mean, Instagram is my primary. I got, uh, I got YouTube, Facebook. Um, I mean, there's golf in your state, everything. I mean, if you want to find it, you can find it. Um, so... But, Go and find uh, it. He's got his website. I put the majority of my content on Instagram. It's by far the best place to follow. So please, please give him a follow on Instagram. I mean, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. Big time. It was a absolute pleasure to be able to chat with you. And it was fucking great to meet you at Brandon Spot at Golf. Well, do it again so. next time I'm up in NorCal. Yeah. I mean, well, that, so well, next I'm, time you're in SF, like, let's go play Lincoln. I love it. Let's do it. And so now I'm in Portland. So when you come up through Portland, 
uh, come see the Muni kids. Come hang out with me. We'll go. We'll go over to Wildwood and we'll get it in. Yeah, Wildwood. I missed that place. I mean, oh. there's another great example, man. Like you know, I I attended. It, so Wildwood actually made it onto the patch coat, but not. Ooh. It's not a Wildwood logo. This one's even. Oh, you can't. It says. Oh, get yeah, rad. I can see it. It oh, says yeah. get rad. So my first time I went to Wildwood was for uh, a fundraising event for uh, a youth snowboarding program called Snow Days PDX. And so I went there for a fundraising event, played in this event, like amazing group of dudes. I actually ended up playing again with them uh, at Witch Hollow when I was back this last trip. But that's how I connected with with Wildwood. And, you know, I've connected with, uh, kept in touch with Ryan over the years. And here I am back two years later, ended up staying out there for like four days, camping in the parking lot and had a blast with them. Like that's a big part of the detour. Uh, Oregon segment is going to be uh, from Wildwood. So I hope so. Cause Ryan and Aaron are two of the sickest guys ever. And I'm actually going do sweeping with uh, them and uh, Max and drew from Muni kids on Thursday. So right. we're going to go out and play 5. A.M. There we get, go. get 18 in super early in the morning. I, I mean, you, you can't get better vibes than going out to Wildwood. They, they've changed it. The new logo is crazy. I know the Sasquatch. Oh, so good. He showed it to me when I was there. I was like, yeah, bro, you're onto something here. They're, they're just, they're changing the culture and it's, it's kind of what we need in golf is to have people like them running golf courses. Yeah. Because they, they're the guys that if you wanted to come out in a, in a jersey, you know, if you wanted to come out in your Damian Lillard jersey and in basketball shorts, rocking vans, they don't they don't give a shit. You're a paying customer. They're going to treat you the same as a guy that comes in in a regular golf outfit. 100%. Well, Matt, thank you so much for eating pizza and talking to us. We really, really appreciate yeah. it, man. It's I been will. really fun. Um,